Public Lands Podcast, where we bring you updates, interviews, information, entertainment, and conversation about your public lands and waterways. My name is Mark Peddleti, and I'll be your host today. Today we'll hear J.J. Dank interview Kow Tao, a ranger at Fort Snelling State Park. They will discuss fen preservation at the park. First, a very quick update regarding some of the week's news regarding public lands. This first story comes to us from the Boston Globe. It deals with an interesting phenomenon in the U.S. in terms of environmental policy and law, something that's called the SLAP lawsuit. That is an acronym that stands for Strategic Lawsuit Against Public Participation. SLAP lawsuits are brought by institutions with a great deal of financial and legal resources, mainly large corporations, against citizens' groups that criticize them or attempt to promote initiatives that counter their interests. Rarely do those bringing the SLAP lawsuit believe that they would win in court, but they are well aware that they have far more resources and time than their nonprofit opponents, and so they use the filing and legal process to stall action, put up roadblocks to public participation, in part by draining the resources of uh, poorly funded public groups, and make future opponents think twice about bothering to oppose their private interests in public fora, such as uh, the courts. Some states have passed laws to minimize the effect of law of slap lawsuits, viewing, viewing them as anti-democratic and an abuse of the legal system. That is the case in Massachusetts, and today's story comes out of that state in a Boston Globe report by John R. Element. As Element reports, the company Cardinal Chemrisk sued former Boston schools math teacher Karen Savage and Louisiana environmental activist Sherry Foytlin for defamation after the bloggers criticized the British petroleum cleanup effort in the Gulf of Mexico. But the Supreme Judicial Court dismissed the lawsuit, ruling that the women were exercising the right to petition the government in their 2013 blog, which ran in the Huffington Post. In that unanimous decision, the court also ruled that Savage and Foytland qualified for protection under the state's anti-strategic lawsuits against public participation statute. In other words, those anti-slap laws that I was talking about a second ago. They did so because they uh, said they called for the public and government to heed the health risks facing workers who cleaned up the spill and therefore were covered by the anti-slap legislation. In other words, um, the uh, company bringing the slap lawsuit, in this case uh, Cardinal Chemrisk, was told that they could not continue to bring that suit because it was essentially seen as a frivolous lawsuit. Now to follow up on one of the stories from last week's podcast, Patagonia isn't done with its fight with Utah politicians. They launched a campaign to flood Utah Governor Gary Herbert's office with comments in favor of Bears Ears National Monument. The company is using Phone to Action, a site that allows organizations to connect supporters with elected officials. As we learned last week, Governor Herbert is asking the Trump administration to undo public land status for or radically scale back the Bears Ears National Monument. To read more about that, including direct links to Patagonia's campaign, go to OutsideOnline.com. And now the interview with Fort Snelling State Park naturalist Kow Tao, brought to you by J.J. Dank. 
I'm here at Fort Snelling State Park to discuss fen preservations and waterland habitats with... Cal, I'm one of the park naturalists here at Fort Snelling State Park. Okay. Uh, first things first, could you tell us just a bit about what you do here at Fort Snelling? Sure. My title here is Interpreter Naturalist, and basically I do educational programs, environmental education programs, um, I do a lot of outreach program also. That's part of my title and what I do here. So we're trying to get people into the park and also into outdoors because mainly at this time, you know, a lot of people are locked up in their home and playing a lot of video games. So we're trying to get them out, trying to get family groups out too, also community groups out to the park too. And that's very important because, you know, nowadays, lots and lots of people are just so busy with their personal time, the schedule, that they don't even have time to get out and just relax and outdoor and do some outdoor recreation and stuff like that so it's really important to have everybody get a chance to get out to state park and with the dnr outdoor and everything else too so cool um yeah so uh you talked you said you did a lot with the uh educational mm -hmm. um efforts what can you go into a little detail what kind of efforts you have here Sure. Right here at Fort Snow State Park, we do set up a lot of public programs, also private programs, of course. You probably see a couple of groups out here. Um, mostly we uh, pertain to awareness, stewardship in the park here with the outdoors. And what we do here is a lot of times we will have teachers that call us or community groups or anybody at all. We're open to anybody at all that call us for programs, basic programs like nature walk, snowshoeing, or just fishing, ice fishing, summer fishing, canoeing programs, all sorts of stuff like that. As as long as you know, it's it's not limited to their education. Um, it's not limited to anything else too. As long as they want to learn something, or they request to learn about something, they can bring any groups out here. We we have groups that are like three years old all the way to wow. senior citizens. So <laughs> yeah. it ranges, and there is no, there is basically no standard of learning, so we're not connected to any education standards because the varieties of uh, audience that we have in the park here. So you can have a group of 500 first graders or 500 senior high that comes out here. Um, so it varies, so, you know, it, it works really well. Um, in all the programs that we've done here, we set out, as I mentioned, Public program is basically geared toward anybody that wants to come out here as long as they see it on a website, on a DNA website, or if they see it on a park's website, or they can give us a phone call and say, hey, do you guys have any programs at the park? And private programs, all people have to do is just give us a call. We'll schedule it. If we have time, we'll schedule it, and then they can come out here and we can uh, just set it in as a, as a group presentation of any subject that uh, pertain to the outdoors or anything else that they would like. Wow, so. very cool. So basically, if you're able and interested, come yep. on out. Come right out. <laughs> Perfect. Anybody at all. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, my research deals specifically uh, this semester with fens or wetland habitats mm -hmm. uh, in Minnesota or the Midwest region. So uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, the types of fens you have here and uh, what exactly that is. Sure. Basically, Fort Snelling State Park, when you define fen, Fort Snelling State Park is actually a perfect state park for it because the majority of the park is basically a floodplain. Um, in terms of floodplain, you know, you get a period of floods right here because we're at the basin of the Mississippi River and the Minnesota River, the confluence. 
and it's really low down here. So the majority of the land of the state park property is actually in a wetland. And we do have some very important fans out here. One of the fans that we have in a park here, which is on the Dakota side, is called a calcareous fan, and which is a specific niche or habitat in a wetland. And that's unique because of, uh, the calcareous fan is where water actually leaks through um, with uh, calcium-rich material and comes up, which provides a special resource or uh, nutrients to the plants that grows here. And some of the plants that grows here, I can't really name off my back, but some of the uh, plants that grows in a calcareous fan are actually a threatened species mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Wow. So some of the tiny flower, I forgot the name of the tiny flower, we'll probably look in the exhibit there, but... Yeah, but we do have a uh, specific uh, protective fan right out here at Fort Snow State Park. Oh, very so. cool. And like you said, there's an exhibit out there I was yeah. looking at earlier, so that's, yep. that's one of the things you have here that's uh, helpful mm-hmm. with the exhibits and things, so you can learn yep. that stuff. It's cool. Um, so uh, you said you, it's a protected fan. Um, so what are some of the threats nowadays to the fens in the wetland? You know, the, the fen of wetland, there's a lot of threat. One is that, um, you know, because of pollution that's in the river. The pollution that's in the river, every time it floods, you know, it drops in pollution or debris that people throw in the river. It's not like the uh, back in the days when you don't have any pollutions and when it floods, it goes in and out. Um, the other thing is that there's more recreations out there. So some of these plants may be picked up by a person. For example, if you see a little white lady slipper or anything out in the fan that's grown out there, um, somebody will dig it up and take it home. Mm-hmm. So a lot of all these plants are actually protected, but if you know no one's there, they basically just come out and take it up and take it home. And that's, that's one other thing, too. Uh, species protections, too, is that it's habitat loss, and on control, basically, just anybody that can go out there and just dig it up, even though it's protected, if no one else is there to to see it. Yeah. So that leads me to one of my last questions, which was, what are some of the things that you do here uh, to preserve that protected area? Well, I've put signage and education. Education is education is probably number one protection because education creates awareness, and awareness is to to tell people that you know. Leave, leave it alone. If you see anything, just leave it alone, help protect it. If you don't, basically that specific habitat, that specific species is gone. And if that species is gone, it, it's almost like a collapse in the, uh, in the chain um, of species. Mm-hmm. So one species depends on other. Even though you take one little flower, so you just said that, a uh, fen is basically just a wetland. It's not important, but there's a lot of species that depends on on a specific habitat, that niche. So um, education is probably one of the most important uh, protection, creating awareness. Cool. And Fort Snelling's a good place. To- yeah, Fort Snelling, you know, <laughs> you mentioned that. Fort Snelling is actually the uh, the most visited state park in the state of Minnesota. Wow. Even though this is a small park, Fort Snelling State Park, it's only about 3,400 acres compared to uh, St. Croix State Park, which is about 34,000 acres. Okay, wow. But um, we have, right here alone, this little state park alone, annually we get about 900,000 visitors. 
compared to the second most visited state park, which almost everybody here is Itasca, the headwater of the Mississippi River, only gets about 700,000 per year. And one of the reasons is because we're right smack in the middle of the Twin City, yeah. which 60% of the population of Minnesota lives. Okay. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Great place, I guess, yeah. for, that, for that aspect. <laughs> um, and then last, um, just with the, the history of the fens and the wetlands, um, are we facing a declining number of these, these areas? Yes, said? we do. Uh, as I mentioned, with pollutions, with disruptions, and also destructions of you know, people walking in and careless about it because they don't see it as important as a uh, wooded area or mm -hmm. anything else, too. Not too many people know about fens. People know about prairie, people know about hardwood forests and pine forests, but not much about fen at all. When you talk about wetland, there's different type of wetland, and a fen is a special type of wetland. And when people see wetland, it's basically just an area that they can access, they can throw stuff in there, or in fact, in their mind, they don't even care about yeah. because there's nothing there for them. Yeah. So, but you know, in in retrospect, it's it's really important. It's as important as pretty much a hardwood forest with uh, a variety of species in there. Thank you for that interesting interview, JJ. If you have any thoughts to share with us about those issues or any other news regarding a public land, lake, or stream near you, or comments regarding any of the interviews or reports we've presented, please contact us at publiclandspodcast at gmail.com. That's one word, publiclandspodcast at gmail.com. Until then, to end this week's podcast, I'd like to thank J.J. Dank for bringing us the interview with Fort Snelling naturalist Kao Tao and Mr. Tao for his fascinating insights into Fort Snelling and fen preservation in our public lands. ¶¶